Hello and welcome to the Helping Hand podcast. My name is Pauline Shannon. I'm a mother of three and a reflex integration therapist. Each week I will be meeting someone who helps children and families. I will be asking them what they do and how they do it. We will learn how different therapies can help, how to choose which is right for you and how to find them when you need them. Hi, today I'm talking to Jenny Luscombe from Jenny Luscombe EFT and Emotional Freedom Project. Jenny has worked supporting children and families for over 15 years and is a qualified teacher, an advanced EFT practitioner and a certified emotional code practitioner working with children and adults in the Liverpool area, in schools, privately and online. Hi Jenny. I am fascinated to hear more about EFT Jenny, it's something that is mentioned here and there and I've come across it many times and I don't know what it means. Okay, well, um, EFT, it stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques. Um, and there are actually a lot of them. It's, there's not just one way of doing it. Um, it's also known as tapping therapy, which might kind of ring a few bells for a few more people. And not everybody knows kind of the full name for it. But what we do is um, it's a talking therapy. And at the same time, we also tap on meridian points. So um, points that are used in acupuncture. And these are the ones that are on our face and upper body. And so this is a somatic therapy. So the idea of this is that any emotional difficulty or trauma is actually a mind body experience. So the therapy required to resolve that needs to be a mind body therapy. Um, so this engages the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. So um, you, you might've heard before that the conscious mind we're operating like 10% capacity of that but there's also the subconscious which is 90% of our consciousness so um, a lot of mainstream therapies are kind of looking at things from a conscious standpoint which is the 10% which ignores the 90 <laughs> so EFT is um, helping us use both the conscious mind and the subconscious mind at the same time so we're often able to surface um, issues and realizations and stuff that has gone on for us that we might have repressed or forgotten. Um, so the, the kind of the basis um, underneath <clears throat> this type of therapy is that emotion is held in the body at a cellular level. So um, mainstream thought is that our subconscious mind is entirely within the brain but we believe actually um, the subconscious mind is a full body experience and we have body memory, um, emotion is held in a cellular way. And this is kind of how we are able to access what's going on for us that we might not be able to fully see. Um, one of the, the key issues, one of the key points within EFT that seems to be the answer to everything kind of in, in my opinion is that we validate the emotion so a lot of problems that parents might be having might actually be caused with the way that they're dealing with the issue and with the child you know that's not their fault you know there's no judgment we're, we're all dealing with we probably parent how we were parented which isn't always the best way you know going back generationally there's there's issues and we need a revolution in parenting <laughs> Um, but um, basically, if we validate the emotion that's going on, then the child will feel heard, 
acknowledged, recognized, seen, felt, loved, all of that stuff. But the temptation as a parent, and you know, I know this as well because I'm a parent, um, is we don't want that thing to be happening, especially if it's uh, an emotion that's being exhibited that's you know deemed socially unacceptable for example anger you know is a very very difficult one um if we don't want that to be happening in front of us or in front of other people we might shut that child down but what they actually need is for us to sit with them and be present with them while they're experiencing that and allow them to get through that out the other side because if we did that they would no longer have an issue <laughs> so a lot of issues that are happening for kids are because their emotion is not seen. So that's one of the key things that EFT does beautifully. Um, the, the tapping itself, um, when we're tapping, if somebody sort of plugged you into a machine and measured all your different things that are going on in your body, um, your cortisol, which is the stress hormone. So this is what's going on for you when you've got any negative emotion. So that can be shame, rejection, um, sadness, whatever it is, anxiety. When this is going on in body, um, well, the studies that have been done so far, it's measured that the cortisol comes down by between 25% to 40%, which is huge. And actually that's more than rest, you know, just rest on its own. Um, the tapping will bring down that negative emotion so that you come out of survival mode. So the amygdala at the back of your brain is kind of firing away and then that's when you've got the fight flight freeze reaction um when you're tapping it's impossible to be in that so you come out of survival mode and you go into a healing state now you can't be in a healing state and in survival mode at the same time it's impossible it's physiologically impossible so when you're tapping and you're tuning into the problem you are bringing change to the all the neuro pathways that you know the repeating thought patterns that are keeping you in that place in that emotional place it has to repattern you <laughs> and um you know this this therapy is it's on its way to being sort of acknowledged by um nice and I, I never remember kind of what that stands for um but it takes a long time for things to mainstream and I think somebody said recently, yoga and meditation, it took 17 years for that to fully mainstream. So the cogs have to turn, don't they? But there's some amazing people out there doing all the studies. Um, there's an amazing woman in Australia called Peter Stapleton. Um, she's also a psychotherapist, uh, author. She's doing a lot of studies in Australia. Um, Dr. Bruce Lipton is another one who... Um, writes a lot about the research. He's a geneticist. Um, there's a lot of medical doctors now who are starting to acknowledge um, the effects of this as well. But the, the beautiful thing about EFT is that children and parents and any adult can learn how to use the techniques themselves. So you can make this a daily practice. So you can do it at bedtime, you can do it in the morning. Um, and you can do um, tapping to acknowledge negative emotion but you can also do tapping to set you up well for the day so you know kind of affirmations and, and positive focus and and setting a, an intention visualizing how your day is going to move forward um, and with children you can just make it into a game and you can bring in kind of their characters and what's going on for them you can use imagination um, it's hugely powerful yeah I mean basically 
that the work that I've done with children and families, like I can do that in lots of different ways. Sometimes I just work with the child on their own. Sometimes just with the parent. Sometimes just working with the parent is enough for the problem with the child to disappear altogether because the parent sees that it was something that they were doing or not doing that has been exacerbating the whole process. Sometimes it's just about information and um, informing and educating and learning different approaches as well. Um, but it's actually quite easy as I was a um, teacher for a long time and I, I know children um, and I'm a parent myself. I can actually help to identify the triggers so I can usually see a situation and I can know straight away what the thing is that's going wrong. So um, any issue that comes up with children is usually there's a lack of resolution. So it's almost like children you know, and adults, we can just get stuck in a loop. And it's basically our subconscious mind showing us there's something here. You've got to look at this. You've got to look at this. But what do we do? Usually we've all been socially programmed to not look and to look the other way because it's difficult or uncomfortable. Um, but as soon as you do look at it, you get more and more information because when you're tapping, you can surface what that is. You can get more information about that and you can even connect directly to the root causes of that experience because your body has memory so for example if I'm tapping with someone and then we're looking at the emotion in the body so for example anxiety might happen up in the chest here by closing your eyes and going imagining that you're going into that anxiety and you're looking at it you know what color is it what texture is it are there any pictures there how does it make you feel when you're focusing directly into that emotion, um, so this is the somatic side of things, you will actually think about the thing that caused that. And if it's not that thing, so if it came from very early on, it will be sometimes a chain of events um, that are similar to that. So whenever somebody has a memory during an EFT session, it's usually a direct reflection of the situation that is currently happening. And that will be um, either the same emotion or it will be the same kind of situation. So it might be about a woman or it might be about a man or it might it might. There's something similar about it. So you might make a connection with a certain person or a certain type of person or a certain type of situation. If you were traumatized originally by something, any similar set of circumstances that you're presented with, you might not understand it, but you're experiencing emotion directly connected to that thing. Um, and with children, it's it's actually much easier to get to the root cause than with adults because they're young and there's, they've got less baggage and they're usually much more open. And so they don't have um, the resistance that a lot of adults do that are sitting in front of me sometimes. <laughs> I have a couple of practical questions. You're working with children and adults. What age groups? Um, well, I have tried EFT with very young children. So when I was last in a school, um, I was doing a project and I had children of all different ages, actually. And I found 
the school that I was in um, had a lot of children who were speaking different languages. So English as an additional language is an issue. Uh, what I, ne I need really is children to be able to express themselves. So if they're so young that they're not, they don't have a full vocabulary, um, sometimes that can be challenging, but there are other ways around it. So I usually say anything from sort of the beginning of key stage two upwards, Children sometimes who are younger than that, so key stage one children, um, I can do that work with them. But I think when they're that young, I think it's better to work with the adult first and then look at the child and see, you know, if they're particularly eloquent, then that, you know, that might work. Um, but yeah, I think it's always the parent that I need to see first. Are you helping them find out what the problem is or do they need to know what the problem is before they come or what? what the issue is obviously that they know what the behavior is or what the concern is but do they have to be able to verbalize what's making them anxious or can they just come and say they are anxious they can just come and say they're anxious yeah for sure um obviously sometimes there's no words for a situation or a feeling um a lot of adults actually come and they've had something going on for them for a long time and they just don't understand it and they can't express it. So what I usually do is just ask a lot of questions about that and find out, you know, does it just happen at certain times of day? Just, does it just happen in certain circumstances? There's lots of ways to, to ask questions and figure out kind of what's going on for that person. Usually, um, my favorite EFT question is, how do you know? So somebody will present themselves to me and they'll have this thing going on and I'll say to you, how do you know that's happening? <laughs> and then they will then say how they know. And it can be really surreal, you know, the, the way that people are describing feelings. You know, sometimes people will have a feeling inside and they'll say, it feels like a volcano. Or somebody said to me recently when they were tapping, it feels like an estuary, you know, where a ri the river meets the sea. It's kind of like, you know, how can something feel like an estuary? It's just amazing. Um, but yeah, there's there's lots and lots of different ways of getting into that. And you don't need to be able to explain it. The, the reason why you can't explain it, that might actually be good news because it's then obviously a subconscious issue. And the good news with EFT is that anything subconscious can be surfaced. And there's lots of ways in, there's lots of different ways to do that. So can I check that I've picked up from you correctly? You would learn, you would do some tapping during a session that would might clear some issues, but you also might give it as a technique for coping at home. Is that right? <clears throat> yes, yes. So, so, um, it's quite different having a, a session with a practitioner than it is if you, for example, on YouTube, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people doing EFT videos, which are obviously for free. And because people who are in the EFT world know it works and are passionate about it, a lot of people are philanthropists and put lots of stuff out there for free. Um, so if you're tapping along with a YouTube video, for example, there's um, a man called Brad Yates, who is very creative with it and very funny. He's also got a few videos where he's um, done videos with his own children, actually. Um, if you're tapping along, so for example, you could just put into Google EFT 
anxiety radiates and then his videos will pop up and then you basically tap the points he's tapping so like Simon says do what he does say what he says so it will be kind of speaking out loud about anxiety and how, and how it's make, making you feel but obviously this is someone using a script um if you go to see a therapist or a practitioner then obviously that's tailor-made to you and then that therapist is kind of bouncing off you and specifically you can go into your issue in your way but I think the the YouTube videos are hugely powerful and actually they change my life you know and lots of people I know um you know a while a while back you know going back about eight years ago I was really struggling myself and it, I'd come out of education because I was completely disillusioned by teaching and what I could see going on in schools um and I, I went into kind of a new like freelance writing career and at round about the same time I had my daughter and I think becoming a parent actually triggered issues for me where I suddenly became aware of how I was parented and there was a lot of trauma there which I'd suppressed and that I I realized that I'd had a lot of memories that I didn't have access to previously so obviously going through this experience has got me really interested in the subconscious mind but um when I was going through this I went to see a counsellor and I had a few sessions with her and I saw on her profile um, on her website that she'd just done something called EFT so I asked about it and as soon as she said um, oh it stands for emotional freedom techniques I thought oh my god that really resonates with me that's what I need I need emotional freedom and so she said to me you can just go and read books about it Jenny you can you can do YouTube videos you can learn how to do it yourself so I just thought, well, how, how's that even possible? Um, but I did. I went off and did that. And I had the most profound shifts of consciousness. I couldn't believe how much better I felt from using free help online. Um, and I, what I was finding was when I used a video to acknowledge the resentment or the anger or whatever it was that I was feeling, it would then spark my own experiences. And then once I understood tapping, I could then carry on and focus on the stuff that the video had triggered for me. Um, so I just thought everybody needs to know, know about this. This is incredible. And like having been a teacher in a very deprived area of Liverpool, um, I had to take that into schools. And th there was no way that I couldn't show those kids how they could do that. Um, so yeah, I, I would I would recommend YouTube. I'd I'd recommend sort of looking at videos, seeing what that is, trying it out, seeing how that feels, um, and then if that resonates and if you can feel a shift, um, try a session with somebody, and and take it from there. So what does a session look like, and how many sessions might I need if I came to you? Okay. Um, Quite often people will say, how many sessions do I need for anxiety or for bereavement or something like that? And it's it's impossible to say because people are so different and situations can be so complex. Some people can have something that's quite easy to resolve. Sometimes it goes a lot deeper, um, especially with things like complex PTSD and things that are not kind of traumas from one one-off incidents but traumas from like a day in day out kind of living situation or whatever it is um but I I usually say you know try it try a session 
just have a session and you don't have to commit to that you know just try one see how that goes if it resonates with you try another one <laughs> but um you know i normally do sessions in blocks of three or blocks of six um a lot of people who have sessions will then come kind of on a regular basis like once a month or once every two weeks or something like that um but a session itself um what i tend to do is i get people to tap right from the beginning um so um basically we're, we're kind of sitting opposite each other so all i need is two chairs and a room we're sitting opposite each other and it's kind of like how you would imagine like a, a normal kind of thera therapeutic situation i don't need to touch anybody sometimes with the children sometimes um i will help them with with the tapping but you know i'll always get permission is it okay if i touch you um, but normally I don't need to touch anyone. So the child or the adult will be tapping on their own meridian points and I'll be guiding them through that. So they'll be copying me. Um, and then we just have a conversation. So I will make notes on the issue as they express it, because then when we're saying things out loud and we're tapping, I can use their language, which is obviously going to be more meaningful than me rehashing that, you know. If it's come from them, that's so much more meaningful than if it's come from me. So once I've taken all the notes and I've asked a few questions and I've kind of got a feel for what's going on, um, then um, we'll start kind of the, the structure of the session. So what we tend to do is we do rounds of tapping. So we start on, on the hand point and then we'll tap on the face points and we'll say some of the things out loud that I had written down about how they'd expressed it. And already saying something out loud that feels really true and they might not have been able to do that before to anyone, that feels quite powerful. And the tapping itself will bring that person into quite a relaxed state very quickly. Once we've done a couple of rounds of tapping, so a round of tapping is going through all of those points, and usually we have a deep breath um, after each round of tapping. Once we've done that a few times, the and I'll ask questions after e each round of tapping, the, the, the issue itself starts very broad, and then it will be, it's kind of like a funnel, and it gets more specific as you go on. So it's kind of like you're narrowing down what the thing is. So once you, I, we've narrowed it down to maybe one or two core emotions um, and a feeling in the body, then we will actually change to a different technique, focus, still tapping, focus on the feeling in the body. And then um, the client will close their, <clears throat> close their eyes if they feel safe to do that. And then I'll ask questions about how do you know it's there? What are you experiencing? What's the texture? What's the color of that anxiety or that anger or whatever it is? Um, are there any pictures in there? Um, you know, there's a million and one questions that I'll ask because everybody codes emotion in the body in a different way. So some people might actually have a sound connected to that. Some people might have um, a sensation that they find hard to sort of vocalize. Whatever that is, focusing on it and bringing your awareness to it is what emotion needs. So in whatever way you're doing that is already healing that thing. So the, the sensation of the emotion in the body will already start to move and change because we're looking at it. So sometimes it goes all together just at that stage. 
um, then by focusing on the emotion in the body, that's when the memory will come. So I will kind of say a few words and take that child or that adult but into the emotion and say, so, you know, the way that you're feeling in your chest or in your stomach or in your shoulders or in your head or wherever it is, this feeling that you're looking at. And then I'll kind of do a couple of like hypnotic um, hypnotherapy techniques, which, and I'll say things like, you know, just go all the way back through your life, all the way back to when you were a baby. When was the first time that you felt that feeling? And children will just come out with the most amazing things. Like I remember a, ch a child recently said to me, oh, um, it was when I was learning how to talk. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's amazing. You know, a child actually got all the way back to that sort of like pre-verbal kind of stage. And it was about um, somebody around them was saying, you're not saying it properly. You need to say it properly. So the child felt sort of invalidated and embarrassed because they couldn't say the word. And then that actually set them up to have like quite a few challenges kind of later on. But, you know, it will lead them to thinking about a certain memory or a person or a thing that happened. Um, if it's not the core one, just working on an event that's similar to that can pull the plug out of that um, situation itself. Um, so when we when we then get the memory, we will work with that person, that child's inner child or that adult's inner child or inner adult. So instead of saying instead of tapping and saying, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that we will say he or she. So we will treat that memory of us as a separate being. So we will be us as we are now in the year 2021, looking at a part of ourselves and basically saying, you know, I want you to not be looking through your eyes, re-experiencing that, but witness, be the witness and be the time traveler and look at that part of yourself. What's he feeling there? What, what's he doing? What's, what's she feeling? What's going on? What's she looking at? You know, what's she experiencing? What's she saying to herself? You know, and then we will tap for her or for him and say, she's feeling this, she's feeling that. And then because emotion is kind of like layered, it's like the layers of an onion. After each round of tapping, for example, the, the shock might, might release. And then underneath the shock, there will be anger possibly and then and after the next round the the inner child won't be angry they'll be sad or you know that the the emotion changes and when you know that you've resolved that issue or resolved that memory the memory disappears and, and it's kind of gone fuzzy or the person can't quite get hold of it or they'll tune into it and you know sometimes I'm working with an adult and they're sitting in front of me and they're like well I've been having this this flashback for 30 years and now I can't even experience it so that's when you know that something's happened <laughs> it sounds really um, powerful I've never heard it described like that that's really useful can you describe the points that you're tapping on Yes. Um, well, there's actually there's hundreds and hundreds of acupuncture meridian points on our body, but obviously using all of them would be impractical. So um, we use just underneath the little finger on the squishy part of the hand there. That's called the karate chop point. And this is the point that we start tapping on, which we use to acknowledge the issue. 
We then go to the eyebrow point, just where the eyebrows start. And then on the side of the eye, kind of on the temples. And then underneath the eye, just on the cheekbone there. And then under the nose, under the mouth, just on the collarbone on both sides there. Sometimes this one in the middle, which is the thymus point, um, which is actually the central meridian point for the whole system. So that's quite a powerful one. Often people need to cry when they tap on that one. And I quite often get children and adults to tap on that one when they first come in, because that will bring cortisol down a lot, you know, especially if someone's nervous about having the session and trying something new. And then we go under the arm and then on top of the head. So you can imagine for children it's and adults, you know, it seems quite wacky and it's strange. And sometimes we, we need to do a round of tapping to get over the embarrassment and the weirdness of actually doing that because it because it's not normal you know even if people have had therapy before they're not normally tapping on their face and um yeah so once you you've got over that when you can feel it working you know you, you just let go of all the feelings of this is a bit strange you know but particularly with children because it's active um it, you can make that into a game particularly if they're younger so what yeah. issues um, or concerns or behaviours might make me think about tapping as a way forward? Um, well, for, for children, I would say anything that is making them uncomfortable or, or making you uncomfortable. I mean, I've worked with um, quite a few teenagers with eating disorders. Um, any any kind of anxious behaviour, shyness, um, even things like learning issues like dyslexia, ADHD, um, any kind of form of self-harm, um, rebelling, getting in with the wrong crowd, truancy, um, school refusal, testing anxiety, um, you know, developmental issues. I mean, I, I'm very opinionated about education and I think that a lot of the symptoms that exist in children in the school system is a symptom of a broken system and not a broken child. So I see that many, many children who don't bloom in this system, it's, it's nothing actually to do with the child. And I know this from 10 years experience of working in a primary school in a very, very difficult and deprived area. Um, if they don't fit into the system, you know, sometimes they get sent to isolation, which is a term that I struggle with, um, or detention or, or even the naughty step and all of this. It goes against everything that I believe in. And um you know, it, I kind of see that kind of thing as the opposite of what children need because it's an invalidation. And, you know, children that are rebelling, they don't want to do that. They don't like it. It's scary. It's frightening. Um, if we take all of these behaviours or whatever's going on, you know, even learning issues to a point, you know, um, if we take that as a cry for help rather than a dysfunction, um, we would get much further ahead. For sure. But I think one of the most powerful things to sort of leave your listeners with is that children's emotion and adults emotion, all of us, the human race, we need our emotion validated by other people. Because, you know, it's it's fine to sort of look at 
friends and family and see them having a meltdown or whatever's going on and think, oh, you know, they shouldn't be doing that. But shoulds and shouldn'ts are, I've taken them out of my vocabulary because if you're feeling an emotion, all that is is information. It's information. And if we ignore the information, repress the information, stop the information from happening, we're actually scaffolding that problem and keeping it there. We're maintaining the problem if we ignore it. If we look at it in every way that we can and support that person and support that person to feel that emotion, the emotion will change and eventually just collapse and disappear. Um, so, you know, I, I've learned this the hard way as well, being a parent and a teacher. It, it doesn't work, you know, invalidating. You know, you only have to go to like, you know, any supermarket and you hear people having a go at their kids. Stop being silly. Shut up. Stop showing off. You know, and we all had that when we were kids. But, you know, if you stop your child from showing off, you could be repressing their creativity, you know, and by telling them to shut up you could give them the idea that they haven't got anything interesting to say, which is hugely um, limiting, you know, profoundly limiting. So what a lot of parents don't want to do is look at themselves and, but you know, there's no judgment coming from me. I, I've had to look at myself and I'm glad that I did. <laughs> so if people are ready to look at themselves ready to do some EFT work and want to get in touch with you how do they go about doing that um well okay well I have a website um so that's www.jennyluscombeft.co.uk and you can get me on the phone 07538419549 and my email address is hello at jennyluskemeft.co.uk. Jenny, are all your um, sessions face-to-face -face or are you offering any online sessions at the moment? Well, at the moment I'm doing mainly online. I do at the moment just one morning a week face-to-face um, -face in Liverpool, but the rest of the sessions I've kind of moved online and I'm, I'm not actually working in a school at the moment because a lot of that stopped sort of when we went into the first lockdown. Um, but most parents do bring their children privately and especially as um, CAMS, the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Service, the waiting lists are huge and I would imagine kind of after the lockdown fallout, that's going to become unmanageable. Um, so a lot of parents have have come to me, you know, to avoid the waiting the waiting lists. Um, but yeah, it's it's mainly online. Thanks for talking to me. That's been really interesting. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me. You've been listening to the Helping Hand podcast, connecting families with help and support when they need it. If you want more information or to find a therapist near you, go to helpinghandonline.co.uk.